Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. So we're discussing hard money loans 101. What is a hard money loan? How does it work? What are the benefits and the uh, drawbacks of using a hard money loan? And how can it be an effective tool to help you through a real estate transaction? Okay, so first of all, let's define a hard money loan. It's basically an asset-based loan where the lender looks at the value of the asset as opposed to the creditworthiness of the borrower. And the, and the, uh, the lender uses the asset's value to determine the lending criteria. In other words, whether they will make the loan, what loan to value they will use, etc. A borrower would only want to use a hard money loan in a couple of specific circumstances. First and foremost, you use a hard money loan when you have to close quickly and a bank cannot move quickly enough to meet a deadline. So for example, you're, you are doing marketing of whatever sort to try to find motivated sellers and you find a motivated seller that for whatever reason has a house, they're willing to sell it to you at a discount for whatever reason, either they need to get out of it quickly or it's in bad condition or whatever. And, but there's a scenario in which you have to close on that transaction in a very short period of time for you to be successful in acquiring the property. Now you go to a bank, you say, Hey bank, I got this great deal. I can buy this house for 50 cents on the dollar. I just need to close in two days. The bank's going to laugh at you. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be able to move that quickly. They have their processing underwriting. They have, they usually require an appraisal. You have to get title commitment done quickly and all those different things. So a bank is really not an option in most scenarios like that. That's where a hard money lender or a hard money loan comes into play. You call up your hard money lender and say, Hey, I got a deal here. I can buy for 50 cents on the dollar, but I got to close it Friday. You're you're, a hard money lender. A good one can have a chance at at, uh, delivering for you in that situation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the first situation in which a hard money loan would make sense. The second situation, which is the more common, is when you are looking at a property, you can buy it for 50 cents on the dollar, but it needs a lot of repairs. And it's not in an insurable condition for a bank. In other words, a bank will not lend on that property in its current condition, which is very common. Hmm. Banks, typical banks and credit unions and whatever, they don't typically want to lend on a property that doesn't meet a minimum criteria of, of conditions. Usually it's the appraisal, right? Like if it's in a poor condition, the appraisal is going to come loan it. So they're not going to fund that because it's a high risk. In part. Yeah. Yeah. In part. Yep. The appraisal, yeah, the appraisal is not going to be there because of the condition. Right. Mm -hmm. And because of the condition, you know, if there's no heating source in the house or if the roof has a hole in it, things like that, banks just shy away from those kind of loans. They do regular conforming standard loans, traditional loans all the time. And they just don't specialize in this particular kind of loan. Again, that's where a hard money lender comes in. And it's really an interesting and a valuable niche for uh, for real estate investors. Because if you're a real estate investor and you see a great deal, a profitable deal, and you want to buy that deal, fix that deal, and then either rent or sell that deal after, you have to be able to acquire it. And if you don't have a hundred grand or 200 grand or whatever, if you don't have money laying around available in your personal balance sheet, to, to take that deal down, then a hard money lender is really one of your only options as opposed to a partner. Mm-hmm. So if you, let's say you got a great deal, but you just don't have a lot of cash laying around, either you don't have it yourself or it's deployed into other deals. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you see a great deal there, you either have to find an equity partner to put up the capital or most of the capital, or you need a hard money lender. 
And that's what I like about the hard money loan option is even though the costs of borrowing hard money are higher than your typical loan costs, it's still cheaper than bringing on an equity partner almost every time, which is awesome. So if you're a new investor or any kind of investor and you're looking at a deal and that deal might have 30 or $40,000 in profit in that deal, you can either go and borrow hard money from a lender and pay, you know, a couple thousand dollars for that privilege, or you can go and find an equity partner who's going to take 40, 50, 60% of that deal. It's going to cost you a lot more. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. So hard money loans are basically, they're, they're very different across the board. Um, they're commercial loans made to entities, not for primary residences. And so there are all kinds of different hard money lenders. Of course, you have private ones that are just mom and pop shops like we are. Mm-hmm. And you also have corporate institutional hard money lenders with millions and millions of dollars behind them. Right. Some are local to your specific market and some are nationwide. So they're not all the same. And there's not one that's better than another, but there are d- different benefits and drawbacks from working with different kinds of lenders. So for example, your nationwide hard money lender companies, those multi-million dollar conglomerates, they're typically going to have lower rates, interest rates for the cost of capital. But when I say that, I put a caveat on it. You got to check between a lender's interest rate and the fees and costs that they charge, because you, it's just like anything else, like a regular traditional residential mortgage. One, one lender might quote you a rate of 8% and one might quote you a rate of 15%. Now, obviously that's extreme, but when you look at the, the fees or the cost of that capital that they don't really tell you about when they give you a rate, that can really skew and make a difference between what the actual cost of capital is. You follow? Yeah. So you have your interest rate that you get charged from a lender and then you have your origination fees and we'll get mm-hmm. into that later. But in the meantime, the, the difference between uh, a nationwide hard money lender and a local mom and pop lender, one of the differences is typically speed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the local lender n- understands the market. It's usually a person, an individual, or a group of individuals who are lending their own capital or some capital that they've raised. Mm-hmm. So they make those processing and underwriting decisions a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, local lenders can oftentimes not require an appraisal because they understand the market enough to they can underwrite their own deals, which is a huge advantage to a borrower to not have to wait for a lender to make, to do an appraisal. Right. The, the nationwide big ones, they almost always require an appraisal, or at least a lot of times they do because they just don't know every little market. So they have to rely on a third party to give them those opinions. So again, that paying for an appraisal is a cost of capital because you need to have that to be able to do your loan. And that takes some time away. Mm-hmm. You follow? Yeah. Um, the, the, the local mom and shop, mom and pop lenders, a lot of times their fees are a little bit higher, but they can move more quickly. Right. Right. So for me as a, as a new investor, right, can, can you walk me through the process and, and how, so I come to you, I need a hundred thousand dollars to buy this, you know, property for an investment property. What, what, what are my steps if I came to you as a private hard money lender. So the first thing that happens, so we have at Finley Capital, we have a very simple six step loan process. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, you got the videos on the website to see that and learn more about it. I've got some downloadable stuff, www.finleycapital.us. You can read all this, but here's a little breakdown. It's a six step process, mm-hmm. apply process, underwrite fund service and repay. So let's just start at the front and talk about apply mm-hmm. today. Lowell has a Lowell sees a deal. It's a great looking deal. 
He can buy this house for say 60,000. It needs maybe $10,000 in renovations, some paint, some carpet, whatever. And when it's done, since he bought it so well, it's going to be worth a hundred thousand. You follow? Excuse me. Let's say it's like, let's say it's 50,000 to purchase it, 10,000 to renovate it. Mm -hmm. It'll be worth a hundred when you're done. Right. That's a good example. Make the numbers easy. So the first thing that you would do is you would go to our web. If you're working with us, you'd go to our website and you download the loan application and fill it out. What that application will ask you for is simple borrower contact information, entity information. So your LLC, because we only lend to LLCs. So we'll need that stuff. But more importantly, it'll ask a couple of questions about the deal. It'll, and this is how we underwrite. And this is how we process and underwrite a loan. That's your question. We're going to look at the purchase price, the renovation budget, and then the after repair value. Those are the three components, the main components of a deal that we underwrite. So you as an, as an investor, as a borrower, should be underwriting for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. We're going to do that from our perspective as the lender. But really, it's the same because we want the deal to be good for you so it's profitable and so you pay back. All right. So what we look at first is we look at the purchase price. And obviously that's a number that comes from your purchase agreement. So we know that number for sure. We look at the renovation scope of work and we, we, we ask ourselves, okay, so Lowell thinks it's going to cost $10,000 to do this, 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 and this. Do those estimates line up with our understanding of those costs? In other words, you know, how much does it cost to put floor down dollar mm -hmm. per square foot? What does he have? Is that in line with what we think is reality? Um, Number one, number two, does his scope of work line up with the photos and in the, in the inspection report or the other due diligence that we're doing on the property itself? Mm -hmm. In other words, are, we just have to confirm that, uh, that we believe that your scope of work lines up with the actual needed scope of work to get it to the point where it's worth that after repair value. Right. And then of course the third factor is that after repair value. And that's where it gets a little bit more tricky because those are always opinions mm -hmm. and an investor a lot of times you know, hopefully an investor, whether he or she is new or experienced is really sharp on that, on that end number, but it's just hard to be sure. So it's all, we all work together to try to identify that number and make sure it's the right number. Because if that number is overestimated, then the borrower is going to be in trouble on the deal. And we're not going to be in the position we want to be as their, as their lender partner. Right. Right. It's high risk. Yeah. High risk. So <clears throat> let's look at this deal, this $50,000 house with a $10,000 renovation budget and a an $100,000 after repair value. That's a slam dunk deal. Yeah. Okay. In this scenario, as a, as a borrower and a lender, we're going to offer up to the following terms. Typically, we will typically at Finley Capital will offer to lend on up to 90% of the purchase price. And then depending on the lender, depending on the borrower and the deal and the situation up to a hundred percent of the renovation budget. Okay. Mm -hmm. So long as that total amount does not exceed typically 65% of the after repaired value. Okay. So in this scenario, 65% of a hundred thousand would be 65,000. Right. In this scenario, we'd be lending 90% of 50,000, which is 45 mm -hmm. plus up to, let's say a hundred percent of the 10,000. So that's another 10. So we would be lending you 55,000 total. That would be your loan amount. Mm -hmm. And then that would, that would be inside, that would fall inside that range of 65% of the after repaired value. So it would work for us. It's a low, it's a relatively low risk loan for, from our standpoint. And it's a, and a profitable deal for you as the borrower, which are the win-wins that we're looking for to, to do a good deal. That makes sense. Yeah. 100%. So go ahead. Oh no, continue your thought. 
So the, the way that we price that loan out, the, the costs of that loan look like this. And that's an important factor. As for you as a borrower, you want to know what your cost of capital will be so you can build that into your pro forma, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know what the cost of funds are going to be. Um, so the first thing that we would look at is the origination fee. And this is where when you're interviewing lenders or you're trying to understand the hard money loan process, this is how you do it. You, you have a couple different costs that you need to analyze. The first one is the interest rate on the loan. That's the simple, you know, concept to understand. You multi And typically, these are interest-only loans, typically. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is you take your loan amount, multiply it by your interest rate, and divide that by 12, and that's your monthly interest. Mm -hmm. Multiply that number by the number of months you expect to hold the deal, and that's your cost of capital as far as the monthly interest goes, the interest rate. You also typically have origination fees and other sometimes legal fees, processing fees, underwriting fees, compliance fees, any kind of word that ends with fee is yeah. a fancy word for cost. Right. You follow? Yep. So if you're interviewing or if you're analyzing two different loan offers, you need to add up all of the fees in addition to your estimated total cost of your interest together. And then you look at those two numbers you decide which one is lower. That's your first decision criteria. Obviously, you want to pick the lower cost of capital. However, if you have two that are close, then you look at the lenders and ask yourself which one is more likely to perform, which one's going to be more simple, mm -hmm. right? Right. Who's going to work fastest and who's going to be the most reliable. At, at Finley Capital, those are our unique selling propositions. We, we claim that we are, we are. We are simple. We make mm -hmm. the process very simple. We move faster than anybody else and we're reliable. Mm -hmm. Those are three really important benefits of working with a lender, a hard money lender for specifically. Because mm -hmm. when you go out there and you make an offer to a seller and you look them in the eye and say, hey, I can close on this deal in three days or seven days or 10 days or whatever. You want to be sure that the lender backing you up is going to be able to perform right. and deliver on that. Otherwise, you look bad and you've lost you know, credibility in your market. You might even lose a deposit and things like that. Right. But more importantly, you're going to lose a great deal. You know, you're going to lose a great deal because your borrow, your lender didn't come through. So you want a lender that makes the process simple, that can move fast, and that is reliable. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. And it sounds like that you have um, experience with, because you're an investor as well, mm -hmm. right? You have experience with different types of hard money lenders. What, uh, what can you say about, you know, um, your experiences with the bigger we'll say the more corporate mm -hmm. brands of hard money investors. Um, you explain really well how we do things and how, you know, some mom and pa lenders do it. Um, can you share some experiences with the more corporate ones and, and just firsthand? Sure. Yeah. I've, I've been both and I've been mainly an investor for most of my career. Mm -hmm. I, I've only been a lender for a, uh, you know, a recent, shorter period of my career. But so I've, I've been able to see both perspectives now. It's uh -huh. a great question. I personally really, really prefer working with local mom and pop lenders right. when I need to borrow money because they get it. They understand what you're doing. They know they can underwrite and they can make decisions using common sense mm -hmm. as opposed to the corporate lenders are a pain in the neck sometimes. Right. Not all of them. Some, there's just, just like anything mm -hmm. else. There's some good, there's some bad. But when you're dealing with a corporate lender, you're dealing with usually a loan processor that doesn't, you know, isn't lending his or her own money. You're you're usually working with another underwriter who's usually another person. It's just like a residential or commercial mortgage right. that are traditional. You're going through a pipeline 
with a bunch of different people that are detached. Yeah. That are detached that don't have any real incentive to help you other than it's their job. Right. You follow? Yeah. As opposed to a mom and pop lender who, if if a mom and pop lender is lending their own money, Mm -hmm. they're very motivated to, to do your loan, to help you with your loan. And they also are going to take extra precaution to make sure it's a good loan for you as a borrower. It sounds kind of counterintuitive, but in reality, you want your, your lender, your hard money lender to be vetting your deal because it's a second layer of protection for you. Right. I've turned down many deals, not many, but I've turned down some deals because I've seen something in the deal that didn't make sense to me. And almost every time the borrower turns the deal down too. Mm-hmm. You follow? Right. There's not a lot of situations where I say, no, that doesn't make sense. And the borrower goes and does it anyway. More likely, especially with the newer borrowers, I, I, I would deal with a lot of newer investors because those are the ones that need to borrow hard money because they don't have capital yet. There's a little bit of uh, you know advising involved in that too, where I feel that with the bigger corporate lenders, don't do that. Again, they're detached, right? They're detached in the deal. If the deal falls through, you know, it's they don't have skin in the game necessarily. That's a great point. The A local mom and pop lender wants to nurture that relationship, wants to be a mentor mm-hmm. and wants to be in, not involved in the deal, but wants to keep an eye on the deal after it funds mm-hmm. because they care. And so I have text messages in my phone right now, just from sitting here from uh, borrowers that are active right now. Mm-hmm. And they're sharing the loan, the, the process. They're sharing the updates with me. You know, one just texted me and said, Hey, listings going live today. I'll send you a copy yeah. of it. And it's not cause I need it, but it's cause they know I care. Right. I want to see how they're doing. Um, I really believe personally, I really believe in, in supporting the growth of young investors. I think being a real estate investor is one of the best things you can be. And if I can help from my experience and my, you know, expertise of going through hundreds of loans like this and hundreds of deals, that's a benefit to the borrower as well. It's, it's exactly, I mean, it is business investing, but if you're investing into a business, whether it, you know, not non real estate involved, like it's cool to see that, that company grow in and to flourish the the you know you put x amount in to invest in them and to watch them grow there you know it's kind of like uh um you know i i helped do that right you, you, you there's a little um pride to find. there's yeah. a little pride there there's a, a lot pride there yeah but i i think i think the the you know to to drive the point home for what what we do and what other places do is all of us are investors so we've we've gone through this process before and we we know when you you get a good deal and you see that deal through so there's a bit of excitement there like and and you want to you want to see, not only do you want to see these people Succeed, do well yeah. on a deal but you want to see them get be, you know grow and get better deals and also it kind of motivates you to do the same that's a good point too as a borrower, when you build a relationship with a, with a hard money lender and you guys are successful together, that, that lender is just as attached to you as you are to them. Right. They want to do many, many deals with you, you know, over the course of the right. next several years. And more importantly for you as the, as the borrower, when you have established a strong relationship with a hard money lender, that lender puts you at the top of their priority list. Well, also a key thing here, and it's going a little off track a little bit from the topic, but it's also really good networking. So you think about it. Say that um, you know we've we've done some deals before. You're, you're you're my lender, and I am 
you know, the bar and maybe I, I, and I know you're in, you're in real estate investing as well. And I know of a deal that, you know, maybe I'm not quite ready yet, but like, Hey, Logan, you may be interested in this duplex over here. You know, that's a hundred thousand dollars needs minimum repairs. Like you should check it out. So I think it works both ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially for wholesalers. So a wholesaler is somebody who goes out markets for motivated sellers. They, they meet with motivated sellers. They write offers, Mm -hmm. they tie up properties under contract, Mm -hmm. and then they typically take that contract and try to assign it to another investor, Mm -hmm. another end end borrower. And they usually take up some profit for doing that spread, which is fine. But I like to talk to wholesalers. First of all, wholesalers contact me a lot and say, Hey, I got this deal. Anybody in your network, your borrower network that might yeah. be interested in it, right? Yeah. And that makes sense. They also sometimes ask me to market the deal as a deal that I will fund for them, mm-hmm. which makes sense for them because it helps them to market to other borrowers. And those borrowers know there's a hard money lender on standby to help take it down. Yeah. And also sometimes the I see these wholesale deals come across my desk and I call the wholesaler and say, hey, why don't you take it down? Yeah. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they just don't realize they, they don't have the hundred thousand that they need at the time to close on the deal. They right. might be making a good five, six, ten thousand dollar wholesale fee, mm-hmm. but there might be thirty or forty thousand in profit in the deal. And a lot of times these wholesalers would love to keep the deal and handle it themselves. They just don't have access to the capital, which is why they're wholesalers in right. a lot of cases. So the networking component to this is unlimited. Mm-hmm. The borrowers can benefit, the investor you know, the, uh, the lender can benefit and the wholesaler can benefit. Everybody works together. That's what's so beautiful about real estate mm-hmm. investing in general, this whole little community, when you set it up the right way, everybody can benefit from, from networking and working together, which is great. So let's close by, let's give, let's just one or two, you know, pro tips to a new investor thinking about getting into real estate, uh, what to, what they're going to need to do to get ready. Maybe first of all, you got to have some cash. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, anyway, for us, we there are some probably some places somewhere that will lend 100% of a deal and you know, no cash out of pocket. I have seen that, but I've never done a deal like that as a either a borrower or a lender. You have to save some money. So if you're listening to this right now and you don't have any money saved, whatever job you're doing, go get some overtime, go get a second job, go take some action to get some money saved up. That's that's something that's important. And imagine you're a lender instead of a borrower and you have a borrower comes to you and says, Hey, I want to borrow a hundred thousand dollars, but I got 600 bucks in the bank. You can't lend to that guy. It's just not a safe loan. But if that guy has 15 grand in the bank, it's a different situation. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that you can do as a, as a, as a investor starting out to get yourself to be more attractive, to be a borrower, to be a, a potential borrower from a lender. That's one thing. Number two, Start analyzing deals, start networking, networking with people who are doing what you want to do and start learning as much as you can. Um, there are ways to do deals where if you find it, first of all, the most valuable thing you can do as a borrower is have a deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a million people that will go to your meetups and your area investor groups and things, and they all are interested in real estate, but there's always one person there who has a deal. Right. And that's the one that everybody really wants to talk to. Because if you walk into a, a meeting and you have a deal, that $50,000 house that needs 10,000 renovations and it's going to be worth a hundred when it's done, mm-hmm. somebody would love to be your partner on that deal. And, and maybe that's okay for a while. Maybe you partner up with a guy or a gal who knows what they're doing, who has done a hundred deals and you split that deal with that partner. And then maybe that, that entity that you create or whatever borrows, you know, from Finley Capital to fund the deal. Mm-hmm. And you learn that way. 
So there's plenty of ways to get into real estate without having a lot of money, but you need some if you're going to borrow. You know what I mean? You need to do some homework before you start it. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Be really, you got to be really good on all three of those numbers. Mm Mm-hmm. Different lenders have different criteria, but like I said, we're typically want, we want our loans to be at 65% of that after repair value when they're done. And you as an investor might say, okay, 65, 70, 71, 72, it's up to you on your, on your criteria and your market kind of dictate that a little bit, but you want that number to be as low as possible because the difference is your profit. Right. And also not just your profit, but it's your risk mitigation. Because if your renovations go over budget, if your after repair value is lower, if it takes you longer, so you had more loan interest, all those factors that always come into play on a deal that never works perfectly, that's your buffer against, mm-hmm. you know, having a problem. So, you know, save some money, get some experience, find some partners, network, find a deal. You find a deal, everything else will take care of itself. Cool. Thanks. Welcome. If you want to, uh, if you have a deal and you want to get a loan, if you want us to look at the deal to help you help you vet through it, or if you just have questions, go to www.finleycapital.us. There's a loan application link at the top of the page. There's also a breakdown of our loan process, the six step process and our term sheet and our rate sheet. And there's some other videos there that help you to see how this works. And there's an example deal you can watch and things like that. And it's very black and white, very easy to understand. I mean, I've been in, in, I, in a past life, I used to be in banking and it's probably the most crystal clear, easy to understand term sheet and form that I've seen. Simple, simple, fast, fast, reliable. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for watching.